And then there is the ultimate. Now this one just, it just got better. It's one of these things, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. When you look at the photograph, it just gets better and better and better. Listening to Attack the Pod, a podcast with news, views, and how-tos inspired by Amsterdam's biggest, biggest, best, and most international triathlon and cycling club. With your award-winning hosts, Neil and Matt. Podcast number eleven. Award-winning podcast number eleven. Yeah, forget that award-winning host. The podcast never won the award. (laughs) Not yet. We're getting there. Here we are. Podcast number eleven. We're almost a year old, Matt. One more. One more. Here we are, podcast <laughs> number 11. We made it, we made it back from a triathlon camp, which we're going to talk about. I'm Neil, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by Matt. Hello. And we're here to talk, uh, well, we're going to talk, do a debrief, I think, about the yeah. training, the unofficial training camp that we had with some of the attackers. We're going to look ahead. There is some racing happening. Yeah, that's it. See, see what else we can talk about and have some fun. Yeah, a little bit different, less of a theme this time and just a bit of a recap and look ahead. Let's do it. Right, so <laughs> here we are. So as you say, less of a theme and more of a celebration and look ahead is what you've written the notes here. So I'll take that. So we had the training, an unofficial training camp last week in Limburg. Region. Yeah, which is... In the south of the Netherlands, if you're mm. new to the area, new to attack. SAF. So south of the Netherlands, um, close to the border, as you'll hear, between uh, Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm half asleep today. I'm just like... <laughs> it's a Monday. We don't usually do it on a Monday, <laughs> yeah, so this true. is why. <laughs> we're still waking up, even though it's the evening. So, um, yeah, so I think we're going to start. I'm going to get straight into this, and I'm going to I'm going to talk about club business that we have from the, from the... We're going to talk about the camp. We're going to talk about how it was, and we're going to hear from people that were at the camp and what they got out of it. But we have to start with important stuff, and that is the, the, the sanctions that were placed on people, the fines. We that, can't ignore them. No, we can't. And I Actually, some of them were... Um, this is serious. You're putting your glasses on for this. So that makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to get them on over my headphones. It is serious. Some of them you weren't aware of here, so these might be new to you. But we, we did have some vigilant people who had pointed out some things. Of, and some of the people in the camp knew, knew about this because we, we issued a fine there. So we had people... This is something we've spoken about a lot in the podcast who have race numbers on their helmets or on their bikes or they might even have it in their bags, but we never saw their bags, but it's it's a no-go, right? And how long has it been since we've raced? Exactly. Well, this story has been developing since I think you left because we issued, you were the judge, you decided the the, the, the sentence. Yep. This has developed since you left the camp. So you left on Sunday yep. and some of us were there till Tuesday, but let's start, right? So we have Martin and... He had a race number on his helmet. Yeah, it's a no-go. We had Massimo, who had the race number on his helmet and a sticker on his bike. That's a double punishment, a, really. It should it? be, right? So at, at, that, at that moment, we issued, uh, we issued a fine, and, and that was that they had to wear the tri-suit, right? Yeah, they had to. Well, I, I guess this in of itself wasn't a great, uh, sort of a great fine, because <laughs> it, it, in it, the fine contravenes club rules as well. But yeah, that's true. they had to perform uh, an attack session publicly in a tri-suit. Yeah, uh, training session. Obviously, and, the and sooner I, the better. And I can say that actually, just before recording, yeah. we got fresh in, <laughs> fresh and fresh, hot off the press. Martin has sent us video evidence that he done this. So hats off to you, uh, Martin. The Monday swim. The Monday swim, which we reckon is sixteen degrees like, tops. If a video looked cold, <laughs> <like this one. laughs> yeah, and, uh, he, he was he was he was being quite manly about it. So, oh, it's not warm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's impressive. I might be able to play it. Let me see if we can play. You might get. We'll let we'll let people hear the beginning of the of of, of the audio. Let me just try this. Oh, that's actually that's not warm, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, Martin stepping into the cold swimming pool and doing a lap. And uh, I think he's been very polite about yeah. saying it's really cold. <laughs> so well done. The, the Dutch attitude towards weather. <laughs> no, it's not warm, huh? <laughs> well done. He has, uh, he has served his, his fine and I think he's, he's done well. But what you didn't know, this is where the story developed a little bit. So the, his race number was from an Ironman that we think was 2018. I mean, it can't be, to, it could have been 2019, but we think it was 2018. What you didn't know, he had stuck 
the stickers on top of old ones. There was about another three or four <laughs> underneath the the sticker that we saw that we issued a fine for. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to think about that one. I don't even know what to do with this. I have no idea. <laughs> and then there's Massimo, poor Massimo. He's he's not been out with the club much. I think he's a friend of Martin. He had the race number on his helmet and a bike sticker, so he's been issued with wearing a tri suit. Um, but I'm he's not sure. He's going to have to step up soon. Uh, yeah, he has. Martin's set the set the bar high. Yeah. O- o- otherwise, you know, as he is a friend of Martin, if Massimo is not going to be at, a, at an event because he doesn't, you know, go to many of the club events, I think Martin should have to carry it out for him. One for each sticker. As a representative. <laughs> One for every <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's got about 10 of these So as a representative. But there was more that, we, that went unnoticed. And I'm going to start with the the, the, the standard one. And that was Herman Telma's uh, partner. Uh, he had the race number on his helmet. We didn't notice that. And he kept quite quiet about it, which I think was wise. Fine for him. Try suit at the next uh, event that he's going to do with the club. I think that's standard and fair. Yeah, yeah. We've got to be consistent on these rules. And it's then, all anyone asks for. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is the ultimate. Now, this one just... It just got better. It's one of these things, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. When you look <laughs> at the photograph, it just gets better and better and better. And this is Pablo. So Martin actually sent it to me on the morning. I think it was the Monday or something. And, and there was no text or anything. No he explanation. Just, just sent the photo, which was <laughs> enough. And um, I think you've seen it. It's it's Pablo coming back, I think, from a, from a training run. I don't know. I don't know if it was a run, a swim or a bike. We'll never know. Actually, and I'll tell you this in a moment, he could have been coming out the shower right so he had his tri suit on which as we've discussed is a no no penalty penalty is if you wear a tri suit and you're not in an event it's it, you just don't do it right but he had something underneath his tri suit as well so he had like a base layer double under, penalty <laughs> underneath his tri suit but and what we never noticed until we just kept looking at the uh, at the, the photos he had flip flops on right more penalty with socks <laughs> I almost feel like this is such a, a sort of calamity that it all cancels each other out. <laughs> it's like we should just say, well yeah, done, yeah, yeah. you know, well done for just doing this. And he was quite happy about this, you know. But he, he poor, poor, uh, poor Pablo, let me see if I can find the message because he'd obviously, I think uh, Yuri and, and some others had been winding him up saying, oh, you know, they've got they've got a hold of this. They have this uh, photo of you. And poor Pablo, he messaged me later on that, that night and he said um let me find it he says hey man i wasn't there at 10 because i was working you know because that was when we issued the, mm-hmm. the fines it yeah. was 10 o'clock on the sunday morning he said i didn't participate in your thing but i heard the comment about the outfit <laughs> he said i care about the club and all the details so let's catch up on that when we meet again <laughs> so i think yuri and uh, others had been uh, really winding him up they got into his head they really got into his head and he, he apologized and i have to say he bought me a burrito as well so uh yeah could be off could be off nah, the hook nah the burrito was lovely thanks pablo <laughs> but but ain't happening because you know try suit something underneath flip-flops and socks it's i wonder <laughs> if like the worst offender and this could be from a, a serial offense or maybe a combination of offences over over the season should have to wear a tri suit for the Christmas party oh. or something <laughs> <laughs> only if uh, lockdown measures aren't there because they've got to go to the pub in a tri suit I think that would be a good one yeah. I reckon Martin he's, he's got enough like he just doesn't care enough he'll about be anything yeah. so he's probably going to end up with that fine because he'll just keep doing middle things. of December it's not warm <laughs> <laughs> right moving on club etiquette this is something that a member brought up with me uh, there was that, that, that might have been one of the people that got fined here but I'm not going to name names and uh, this person was like, come on, man, you're giving things out. What about this, right? And one of the things that has been mentioned is the snot rocket. Mm-hmm. You know what a snot rocket yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, dr- typically during biking or running where you want to uh, clear the nostrils. So so essentially, uh, I think sort of, if I'm to describe the technique, it's, it's a good sort of uh, intake of air covering one of the nostrils and then forcibly excluding air from another nostril uh, so that you get a, a projectile yeah. of, of snot. Yeah, basically. And it's called the snot rocket to yeah. those that are unaware. And um, there has been reports, right, of this happening. It happens. We all do it. You know, your nose runs and whatever. 
in the vicinity of others, you know, right in front of someone. An in-group snut rocket. Yeah, an no. in-group. Yeah, I mean, it's not, and not once, you know, it's happened by a few people, different people, and has... Uh, was this a bike or a ride? It was a bike, it was a ride. It so I think, ride. I mean, you have to step out, right? You, you just come out the come park. Out line. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not going to name names here, neither the perpetrator or the complainant, but... You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> this has to stop. So if you've got to... Uh, you know, perform that, yeah. take yourself out of the group, job done. And you need to make sure you're on the sort of the downwind side of any group as well, right? Yeah. So, and you sort <laughs> of take true. take yourself out on that side yeah. to just, you know, just yeah. half a meter or so. So we've done it and um, I'm not going to name names, but Pablo, if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it happens again, let us know. Right, we're going to move on to Tri News. This is the news of triathlon stuff. <laughs> Centrally familiar, that jingle. <laughs> One of your expert jingles. Right. Actually, I'm going to start with this. It's usually you that does the try news because yeah. you're more on, on the pulse. But there's been there's been a couple of discussions that uh, I trolled. <laughs> That's the only way to say it. <laughs> I was going to try and make it what it wasn't. But that was what I was doing. I was trolling. And um, there's two, two sides to this argument. So apparently Iron Man have announced that in some of their events, I might get this wrong. I don't know if it's all events, some events, you know, one event that you can just skip the swim if you want, because you've not been able to train. So you, have you heard about this? No, no, oh, no, right. no. Oh, you're coming in here completely blind. So apparently I, I, I might not have all the details here. So forgive me if I get some of this a bit wrong, but uh, I think it was Iron Man Cascais had, had, had announced that because people are not able to train, you have the option of not doing the swim. Mm. <laughs> that was that was that was my response, and and, and I, my immediate response when I was, which it shouldn't have been, I should have taken three seconds to think about it before speaking. Was what a joke! And it, it's there's been a bit of debate about this. It was on the it was on the group. It's been on Facebook with some. Where do you stand on this? Like, I, I mean, I've made it clear, but I'll, I'll, for 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 the sake of clarity here in the podcast, I'll tell you where I stand. You cannot have an Ironman event which is called an Ironman that doesn't have a swim, or sorry, that has a swim as optional. Now, I understand their safety concerns and all the rest, but that that's a, a completely different. I'm not against that when it happens, but to have the choice, if I've got the details correct, and I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but if you have the choice to say, do you know what? I'm going to do that. So me and you are doing Kiss Kais, for example, and I say, ah, screw it. I'm not going to do the swim, but you can. That's as I understand it. Why stop at the swim? Well, well, the, the reason, <laughs> the reasoning is because some people can't train in a pool, which is true, but yeah. I mean, I, I then call it a, a, a run bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a different race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can understand how look, in the past, I think it's Hamburg maybe, the first running at Hamburg where yeah. it was cancelled because there was uh, algae in the water, it wasn't safe, they couldn't find an alternative venue. Yeah. Like, it, it, that happens, right? Or there's been times where, you know, freak weather has caused the water to fall five, 10 degrees in temperature almost overnight. And it's yeah. just a safety concern. I get it. It happens. I don't know how, how happy I would be about yep. competing in that race, but you can only do what you can do. Yeah. But other than that, the, the, it, it's such a strange thing, the relationship that people have with swimming and triathlon as well, that I, uh, I think I've told you before, but that I think my first, second Ironman was uh, Ironman Austria. Yep. And uh, we had freakishly warm weather, really ridiculously warm weather, uh, like the hottest spell they'd ever had there. And uh, this, they, they sort of went into the middle of the lake and dropped the thermometer to the very lowest, deepest point. And it was still too warm for, for, to wear a wetsuit. And when they announced this at the, uh, at the, the pre-race sort of uh, briefing, yeah. there were people that started crying. If the difference between you making it and not making it is a wetsuit, you want to ask Probably yourself. in the wrong race. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same here that if you've got the opportunity to, I guess it's hard because maybe you've been, uh, you, you entered last year and it's been deferred to this year. Yep. And then at some point they can't keep deferring the race. This is where I stand on this. I, so, I can't help. Now I bashed Iron Man and you've, you've been quite generous to them in my opinion. So you're sort of, you, you see more where they're coming from. They are a business at the end of yeah. the day, I take it. But I can't help but feel they're sort of now just 
pandering straws and they're like we're gonna you know uh, and, and then there was debate on the group people saying well an iron man isn't is a brand that's not necessarily a, a triathlon and yeah that that's an whole other debate yeah but for me you want to say I'm an Iron Man or yeah. something. You know, you don't want to say I'm an Iron Man on that year. I'm a full distance. <laughs> all three discipline Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a very interesting debate. So yeah. I thought I'd bring it up. Maybe it's good that you didn't, or maybe it's good you didn't know about this until I'd done it because, um, yeah, it's it's a very, I, I think Iron Man need to just grow a set of balls and say, right, you're either getting your money back or you're doing an event, but yeah. none of this hybrid shit. You know, yep. some people who think they've entered an event, and I, I, I feel they're just. I don't you know, know what's what? Going if on. it's if people are this worried, then get more safety boats out there, get more people there to support, do everything you can to make it safer. But it's it's not meant to be easy. No, that's, <laughs> that's the true. point of this. Well, I'm beginning to wonder now with Iron Man, but I'm not even sure if this. And again, I say this, you know, with. Just from trolling, I have to say, I haven't looked into the details of this. So again, forgive me if I get it wrong, but I don't think it's necessarily a safety thing. I think it's just that people haven't been able to train and it's sort of, well, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But that's, well, I mean, why not just sit in the audience, pay your but money? But then what's the next step there? I was injured, so I can't run. Yeah. Oh, okay, skip the run. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anyway, maybe we should look more into that for the next time, but I thought I'd bring that up. And on that, I'm going to pass over to you for the rest of the, the trying news. Well, I just wanted, I know uh, we tend to do some focusing, we geek out on the cycling sometimes, yeah. but just want to Giro's coming up. make comment that exactly that, the spring classic season, and is sort of uh, over and we're just entering Grand Tour season now with the Giro coming up, but it's just been a cracking spring of racing. So I just wanted to make comment on that and um, almost just a word of like encouragement to people when you're in this neck of the woods to, to sort of, I was never a big cycling fan until three, four years ago, but I don't know that there's ever been a more exciting time to follow cycling as a sport, as a pro sport. It's probably worth mentioning you were never a cyclist until you no. started doing triathlons, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not like you come from cycling nope. either, yeah. No yep. background in that. And I think the sort of the passion and, and proximity to racing in this part of the world sort of mm. helps to to drive that interest. But yeah, so if you you are new to the sport and never really sort of followed cycling, I would urge you to follow it because there are some great races, great personalities in there at the moment. and. Oh, some of the racing this season was just absolutely top class. I um, watched a lot of it, but there was a couple of people staying uh, next to some of the teams that were doing Baston, Baston Liege. That's uh, right. So uh, I think yeah. uh, over the Limburg, we saw yeah. quite a few. We saw uh, teams out training. Jumbo Visma out there on one yeah, of our rides. Yeah, and, I saw uh, them as well with the car behind them. Yeah, we also saw, uh, uh, as they call him, Big Tom Dumoulin, yeah. who when you see him, tiny little fella compared really? to <laughs> compared to like the natural pop, you know the rest of the population I, 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 he I, I, might I, be giant for a cyclist but <laughs> he's a slip of a man I saw I actually I saw him out in the ride and I left him at the bottom of the hill he couldn't keep up with me so he yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. dropped him dropped he, him that, he was crying when I saw him so it's probably just after that <laughs> that's because yeah, yeah. I heard there was uh, there was no wetsuits <laughs> <laughs> yeah considering I'm man <laughs> yeah and then uh, on the flip side we actually have some real triathlon uh, so who'd have thought it that we are all looking at the U S with envious eyes at the moment, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they're in a place now where, um, there's been races the last few weekends, some 70.3, some good racing. Yep. And what's really good to see is it's not just pros anymore, that there are a load of age groupers out. There's loads of spectators out on the course cheering for them. Yep. Um, so it, it looks like something closer to, to real actual racing, which sort of, I don't know, watching, I watched some of St. George this weekend and, and it got me really excited about just, you know, seeing the atmosphere, seeing the races happening, yeah, seeing yeah, everyone yeah. get ready. Should we of, hear, should we hear from the finish ahead. line and yeah. then you can announce um, how it went? Because yeah. obviously I never watched it. So there you have it. Yep. So for those who don't know, St. George is pretty tough uh, in Utah, really hilly, uh, beautiful looking race. Looks sort of- The weather looked decent from yeah. that small clip that I saw. Yeah. yeah, very much. It's warm there as well. Uh, the women's race was pretty uh, uneventful. Daniela Reef did what Daniela Reef does. 
<laughs> wins by by miles and controls the race pretty much from the swim onwards. But the men's race was uh, wonderful with uh, some swimmers getting out and biking pretty well. Some of the uh, Olympic athletes sort of uh, coming from Olympic background going up the road. And then uh, some of the big bikers coming back at them. And then the run, I think I tuned in with maybe 10K to go and there were five guys running shoulder to shoulder uh, t- halfway through the That's through the run. run from a race that you're watching. And yeah, TV, that's what you want. and then uh, it ended up with pretty much up to about maybe a kilometer, five hundred meters, and it was uh, Lionel Sanders, who probably everyone knows from YouTube, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, we'll and Sam Long, before. who's a young guy, twenty five, uh, really up and coming, and they were running again shoulder to shoulder, and then. Lionel managed to sort of grimace his way through it and, and get the job done. But it was a really good racing. He was actually sort of almost in tears at the end because he, he was sort of seen him gone so far yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so deep. So it was quality to watch. But yeah, as much as it was good to see the pros back, it was just really good to see racing, age, yeah, racing and age yeah. group racing back on the cards. Nice, nice. And hopefully more to come. Yeah, let's hope so. And then hopes there's some a little bit closer to home as well. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you're traveling to the US. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But uh, well, with that in mind, if we do get to race, well, uh, just a, a, an update in terms of, um, I think we teased the fact there's a long sleeve attack tri-suit coming down yeah, the line. The Joe's done some great job, uh, yeah. great work designing that. Here's the funny thing about the long sleeve triathlon uh, tri-suit. Well, one, Pablo won't need to put anything underneath his, so that's uh, that's good if he Solves buys that. that. The, that the other thing is a, a lot of us bought the new tri-suit and they never got to wear it because of the pandemic. <laughs> and now the long sleeve one's coming out, so I think I'll end up with two brand new tri-suits. So, so I wonder if we can ask if we can just buy the sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like sew them on. Yeah, Joe, can you design a zip that goes on the, on the <laughs> sleeves? We can have like a, a sort of a tax-sponsored tailor just to <laughs> add, uh, add sleeves onto all our suits. Um, and then on the, the sort of subject of kit, we've um, just updated the stock. There's some kit in the in the store available, so limited sizes. Um, there's a little bit of everything, but take a look if you're looking for anything, and uh, it could be in there now. Uh, I think Jose uh, has updated the numbers, and there's going to be a fresh order coming soon. Okay. So if you are looking for something and it's not in stock, then... Uh, yeah, be prepared to to get the bank card out. Okay, and uh, who's doing kit now, Jose? Because it yeah. used to be Ed Adrian, but he's moved and very sadly got both his bikes stolen uh, from his new new house in Copenhagen. Oh, really? He just bought a new tri bike and it got knacked. I felt so so sorry for him. So well, shout out to him and hopefully that it, it gets. Uh, that's what he told insurance anyway. What's that? <laughs> he bought a new tri bike that got nicked as soon as he moved to Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's legit. <laughs> yeah, so now we're going to move on to talking about the training camp. Yeah, so uh, last week, week before, I um, forget now. <laughs> it seems uh, a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. So uh, a bunch of us headed down to to the Limburg region or we're staying in Maastricht. I think there's probably what, 20, 30 people in total. I've seen this. I can't work out because we, yeah, I mean, obviously there's restrictions. We can't all be yeah. together. The groups were smaller in size and people were doing the wrong thing. We couldn't eat together, all this kind of stuff. So it was really hard to tell yeah. how many people but there's were a good there, number. I think there was 20, 30 yeah. people. But I mean, for not being organized, yeah. was organized pretty well, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, exactly. So we all sort of, uh, the, the idea was essentially sort of spanning from one Monday to the following Tuesday with people doing as much or as little as they wanted. I think Telma and I, uh, Telma, Herman, Herman, who faces a fine for wearing his bike sticker. Yeah, his, yeah. Uh, well, we need album. to make sure he does that. <laughs> uh, we were all down there on, on uh, the Monday, did a few days uh on our own, I was sort of balancing some work with that. So that, that was uh, quite nice to get a couple of days of that done. And then from sort of Wednesday, Thursday, uh, a few more people started to turn up. And then I think a lot of people there Thursday, Friday over the weekend. And it was Kingsday on the Tuesday. So people, a lot of people made a, a long weekend of it. And uh, I think we did pretty well in terms of the weather. It wasn't as, as my time would say, it's not warm, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's but it, it also, you know, given that we've had snow last month and hail and I think all it was, sorts, it, I, I think we did okay on the whole. The temperatures were not high, but when the, the sun was out, it was quite warm. Yeah, you could yeah. have short sleeves on. Um, yeah, it was nice. really differing. And I think this is sort of maybe uh, good advice for anyone that's sort of thinking about doing, you know, going down to Limburg, if it's in, even in the next month or two, or sort of looking at doing it in, uh, 
sort of autumn or, or uh, this time next year is it, it's really sort of changeable. So on the Tuesday I rode in, in sort of short sleeve and jersey. And then there were days where I was sort of quite happy to layer up and have wing jacket on and yeah. base layer and, and all the rest. So I think just be prepared for, for kind of anything. Uh, we're going to hear from some of the people that, that done some of the rides, but that was, yeah, there was one day that was just so windy and it was flat and it was, it was just, it wasn't that pleasant, but then on the way back, it sort of turned and it was yeah. really nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think all things considered, um, can't complain. It's been a long time since I was in the hills, certainly in the south of Holland or yeah. south of the Netherlands rather. It was really good. It was amazing. I kept saying to people, it's almost like you're not in the Netherlands, which is good for me. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that change of scenery. And um, the Climbs were, were great. Um, we'll hear from others about how they were and I can chip in after that. But yeah, the, we the, the weather was good. And then we were able to, there was a couple of breweries open where we could go and buy beer and sit down at the water like we were 15 again. So that was pretty good. Yeah, there's definitely, we, like whilst being whilst being careful and whilst sort of respecting distance, I think there was a, a bit of socialising as well. We were able to sit outside and, and sort of spend some time together after the ride. So. We were able to sit down the river, which had these huge uh, big seats and stuff. So yeah, it was really good. And I think, um, I mean, to think of my own highlights, we're going to hear from other people. So I don't want to repeat because I've got insider info on what they're going to say because <laughs> we edited them. But um, for me, the being, being in the house, actually I, I performed a lot stronger than I was expecting to. I, I've spoke about it with others on 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 the camp and I've spoke about it well, you know about it and I've spoke about it a little bit here where I'd had a few injuries and a small surgery nothing serious at all but enough to set me back a yeah. few months and actually I was expecting to be really in bad shape for the hills and actually I felt really really strong so Maybe that's to do with the inside testing that we done back in January. I don't know, because I was working really hard up until that point. So I managed to maintain that. So for me, I, I was actually really enjoying the hills. Um, mostly, we'll talk about some of them that weren't so great. <laughs> and um, just being out on the bike again for, I don't know, I mean, I, I've spoken about it a million times before. I come from, from Cycon and I missed that that sort of aspect of it. And it was just, I don't know, it, it felt like a bit like, like it used to be back home, going out with your friends uh, on, on a ride in the house. So no, really good. Um, how about for sort of one of the questions we got a lot, maybe there are people still planning on going away. What did you do for food and for... Yeah, that was an interesting one. Well, I've got a great story about that. I'll tell it. <laughs> so you had said there's no fridge in the room. There's no refrigerator. And I was like, oh, well, well. I didn't have one. Well, almost <laughs> no one had one. We'll come on to that. Martin seemed to get preferential treatment here for some reason. Um, he had the fridge, but no one else did. And uh, I, when you had sent this message and I think Ian had said, you know, there's no fridge. So I came to the conclusion there definitely wasn't a fridge. And I was thinking I was all smart because I've got this cool box that you plug into the car and then it comes out of the cigarette lighter and you can plug it into the wall in a, in a normal house or something in a hotel. So I was thinking, I'm great. I'm going to fill my cool box with all my all the things I love. And my I brought milk and my cereal and I'm all sorted. And I came in with it thinking I'm really cool with my cool box. And then um, goes up to the room, plugs it in, gets ready because we went out on a quick ride, which we're going to hear about shortly. Done the ride, came back all happy to get my Iron Brew, which is a Scottish uh, soda. And I realised I'd flicked it from cool to warm. <laughs> and I opened up the cool box and I'm like, this is fucking warm. And I flicked the switch. I just completely mistakenly. And it went from being whatever, you know, I don't know, five degrees to maybe 15, 20 <laughs> degrees. I still ate everything. I just flicked it back to cool and uh, I think I had to you get had a nice room temperature iron brew to... Oh, I was so, <laughs> so gutted about that. And uh, I I, um, I had to pour the milk away and I just bought some new milk. But other than that, it, it was all right. But, yeah. but the rest Calm. of the time wasn't too bad. Like, so I never of, actually spoke. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was my story about the food. But yeah, most people were just sort of going to the supermarket, yeah. grabbing some things. We were able to sit outside behind the hotel and, and sit down and have something to eat there. So we were doing that. Some people were able, we were able to eat in the, there's like a communal area up, mm -hmm. up the top of the hotel that was a big enough area that we could all sit and we would get takeaway there. And some sometimes we would eat down at the river and just get takeaway there. So there was many options. Yeah. I mean, not perfect. And you could get room service from the hotel and uh, yeah. there was a delivery service. You could get yeah. a delivery or uh, yeah. Uber Eats to deliver to the front. So. Yeah, and it, was, it was fine. I mean, it's not yeah. the most convenient, of but course it's not, not the end of the world. Yeah. Given what the, the situation we were in, it worked perfect. And um, a load of variety and everyone just done their own thing. There was no, yeah, there was no issues with it. So I think it worked out really well for 
as I say, for it not being organised, it sort of organised itself yeah. pretty well to fit within everything that we had to do. So, no, it was really good. And I had, uh, there was one time we went to a, like an Italian pizza shop proper Italian pizza there was a whole debate about it has to be good and there was a couple of Italians with us who were verifying it and it was a guy from England that owned the Italian pizza shop <laughs> <laughs> tasted great and it got the seal of approval from Massimo so I know uh, before we get into some more details or hear from some of the people there were a few sh- shout outs that you wanted yeah. to give yeah I've got a few and if you've got any to add I'm not sure but um, I thought Joe Joe was doing some great climbing I was out in a few rides with her and she yeah. was she was flying up the hill so um, yeah really good uh, Bijan as well who had a, a sore hip uh, I believe from an old injury yeah he's been injured for a little while now <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know the hills I think were really having an effect mm-hmm. on that and he just kind of soldiered on so that, w- that was good that was uh, good to see that um, Anise, just for always smiling, I think. Um, you know, she's, if you're ever feeling unhappy, just, you know, she can talk and yeah. you'll, you'll be happy again. And uh, I think she was one of the sort of uh, discoverers of the brewery, maybe, as well. So uh, <laughs> she, was, uh, she got the priorities right. Yeah, <laughs> I think and, that's worth a shout and out. And she done a strength session for us, I think, on Monday or Tuesday, which is really good. I was feeling it for a few days after. So, uh, yeah, that was good. Este for driving us to the, the pub. <laughs> Este drove uh, a few of us um, to, the, uh, to the Riverside. That was really nice because it was, uh, you know, a 20 minute walk, which is not the end of the world, but. After after four hours on the bike, it can feel exactly. pretty Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to her for that. And uh, Mary for telling us where all the ice cream stops were along the way that we couldn't stop at because we were cycling. Oh, and, <laughs> and, and Paula, let's not forget Paula for coming and never actually seen her. So I don't was know Paola if you were there. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so Paula, I hope you enjoyed yourself, whatever you were doing. I heard, I heard you were in the region, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we are, we're going to hear from, uh, I know. Anay, sorry, I'm pronouncing the, ring, the name wrong. So we're, we're going to hear from um, from her on, on day one. Let's hear what she had to say. Hello, it's Anais from Attack. So I did Limburg weekend. And in terms of highlights, I mean, sports highlights, it's a bit difficult, but I think our first day uh, when we arrived, we did a little 40K ride. And without really knowing, I think we... We checked most of the hills uh, around Maastricht. So we started by one that is uh, 22%. It's called the Kettenberg, if I don't make a mistake. And it's a, it's a nice climb, hidden, completely hidden behind a turn. So we were very surprised to see this um, very big hill in front of us. Uh, well, we were just like trying to shift uh, the gears as fast as possible to try to, to make the climb. It was tough and very nice at the same time. And then on the way down, we ended up in Valkenburg, which is a a nice village with fortification, an old castle. The inside village is like just very, very cute. So we did a a stop there and and started to climb again from uh, Valkenburg to to go back to Maastricht. It was very nice. And uh, it was, I think, a very good, welcoming hill ride in the Limburg area. Yeah, and I was on that ride. I was going to say, this was like a bunch of you, you pretty much like arrived, got out of the car, off the train and did that ride. Exactly. But in between, I managed to switch my cooler to warm. Let's not forget that part. That <laughs> so was as much thought, time as we had. You thought, I'll make everything warm. And then, <laughs> and then, and then what should we do to, to sort of settle into this camp? I know we'll do the Kotenberg and right. the Kalberg so in I one 40k ride. I got completely stitched up here. So I think uh, someone knew, but it wasn't me. And we went out and we were in the car on the way down and they were messaging Pablo saying, do you want to go a ride? And he's like, do you want to go a ride? And I was like, no, really not. But I was <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, 40k, right, screw it, everyone's going. So we, we literally entered the hotel room, get ready, out on the bike. And I don't know, we must have been like 5k in, 10k in. Tops. Yeah, it's just out by Gopa, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's called the yeah. uh, K- Kautenberg. Kautenberg, yeah. And oh my God, it's the steepest hill in the Netherlands. It's the steepest hill in the Netherlands. You've got two two hills very close to each other, which is uh, the Kautenberg and the, the Dodeman. Uh-huh. And uh, they're definitely, the, well, to my mind, the two hardest hills in, in, the, oh, in the Netherlands. And the first time that you come around, because you, you come past a little, like, cute little farm shop. That's and right, yeah. A tractor, and it's all... But then you see the signs, like, 
bilegged or, you know, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Or, or you know, there's, there's usually a, a few people like sort of stood around going, hey, up, up, up. Oh, it's and you, horrible. you come around the corner and you're like, oh, to the side, there's a farm track and there's a wall. Yeah. But it turns out the wall's the road. <laughs> it is horrible. And that was what I was straight into. And of course, my gears were screwed. I knew they were kind of screwed. I couldn't go up to the top three cogs and I'd never bothered about it. Um, we don't need them. <laughs> exactly. Until that moment. And I was like, aha, honestly. And I was in so much pain after it. My lungs were so sore. I had sort of, it's like I had this cough, you know, this yeah. wheezing. Oh, it's horrible. I, I, if someone had said to me, we're going to do the steepest hill in the Netherlands, I would have been like, well, I'm, I'm not going. So I just yeah, literally well, turned you the You are the last going, like, what's that? Like a, a driveway. <laughs> like, you <laughs> know, but, but it's it turns 22%. Out, yeah. So yeah, it tops incline. out at 22%. And horrible. Horrible. I mean, never do it. There is no easy up there. You know what I mean? Like, there's, uh, you can't go easy up it. You've just got to get yourself up it. Yeah, it was horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But yeah, we've done that, and it was a great ride. Everything else, but I, I was just recovering. For the the Calberg's not easy either. So, and well, the, after you've done that, it's like a walk <laughs> in the park. <laughs> but it's and a bit I, longer. And I'd done the Calberg when the Amstel Gold event. I don't know, six, seven years ago, and yeah. I really struggled. I felt a lot better on it this time than I did uh, the last time. Yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I shared the enthusiasm that uh, Anise does for that, but um, <laughs> I was on that ride. I got, I got, I got duped into it. Let's hear, also, let's hear, hear from her again, where she talks about one of the other rides that, that we've done. Second and maybe biggest highlight uh, ride was the three countries. Apparently, it's a very known ride. I've never done it, so I was very eager to do it. So we uh, we gather a couple of uh, attackers and we went to this three country ride, which is nice and hilly. And then you end up in a place where in literally three seconds, you can go from Belgium to the Netherlands uh, to Germany and back and forward because there is one point where all the three country meet. So it was a very special feeling, especially now with this uh, all this corona, to do like three countries in three seconds. That was uh, that was just really cool. And all the area is very is um, I mean is very known, is very popular, and we crossed a lot of other cyclists. It was all together. It felt to me a little bit like almost like a race or almost like a like biking festival a lot of group going up you going down and vice versa like kind of cheering from each other uh, so it was it was really nice and it felt finally kind of like some power and some freedom uh it was uh, it was a very very good experience yeah, I was also on that ride. It was really good. Another that was where Joe sort of shot up the climb. Can yeah. keep up with her. It's a nice point for anyone that's mm. that's not been. Uh, it's up a kind of. Uh, it's a bit of a climb. Yeah. Not not a big one, but a yeah. sort of steadier climb. Steady. And uh, there's a couple of lookout points, and uh, there's a point where a lot of tourists stop, and that's the that's that point that that Anise was talking about. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's a nice way. Just. Wanted to sort of point out that everyone on, I sent around a sort of a list of, um, of, of potential rides beforehand and um, put them down into, into a PDF and we're sort of referring to those terms and those names of the rides. Yeah. But if anyone does go down and is looking for a bit of inspiration for, for some riding, there was everything from sort of 30, 40K up to 160, 170, then uh, just let us know and, and you know, can send that across to you. But it was um, a great um, PDF, like everyone just relied on that. We all loaded the courses onto yeah. our, onto our garments and stuff. It was spot on and it was it was accurate. So yeah, cheers for that. No worries. We're going to hear from uh, Jacopo, yeah. who also um, uh, has was at the camp and, and done some rides. Uh, Jacopo is from Italy, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's a newer member of the, the club as member, well. Yeah. Okay. So let's hear. Let's hear. This is Jacopo. Um, just wanted to thank you for organizing the Limburg trip last week. I spent four days there. It was really fun. Also, I'm fairly new to attack to the to the whole team, but also fairly new to cycling in general. So it was really a great opportunity. You know, I spent four days there um, or so. It was a great way to, 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 to spend a long weekend and a great opportunity to meet a lot of like-minded people, train um, with, with, with them and just a general really good vibe and good energy throughout the group. And also just just great to put in some some miles or some kilometers on my bike and get more comfortable with it. 
the main highlights there for me were well the first ride we went to this um three countries point you know the border between germany netherlands and belgium that was a really fun ride with a lot of hills which is fair, fairly new and, and 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 exceptional for somebody living in amsterdam just hills and then also i did a bit of a longer ride which i think was my first 100k on a bike which was definitely long but really fun uh, good scenery good hills and generally just just good atmosphere and good group of people i look forward to definitely doing this again next year as a training camp but why not maybe even a, a summer camp uh, i leave this up to you he's volunteered to organize it yeah. so <laughs> thanks <Jacobo. laughs> Thank Jacobo. so good yeah uh, i think he summed it up it's nice to have hills um, yeah I, I love hearing things like that as well. Like, I think that's one of the great things about these sort of the camps that we do, which are sort of accessible for all levels. And, and Jacopo's a really good runner, for example, but sort of newer on the bike. But hearing those things about your first hundred or, you know, like a lot of people that maybe have moved here in, in recent years and, and wouldn't know that two hours away there's this whole like cycling mecca of, you know, of Europe and all these hills and all these sort of iconic climbs as well. Yeah, it's so, crazy to think. And I think uh, Anise sort of touched on it when she talks about like a festival of cycling, yeah, you yeah. know, it is only two hours away and I forgot it's been five, six years since I was mm -hmm. down there and I kept saying like, oh, it's amazing. It's it's not the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> I know on your note about Jacopo's uh, running. Yeah, I noticed on one of his Strava runs, he'd done like a 16K run or something when we were there and, and his pace was like, faster than my race pace not that i'm a benchmark but you know he's he's a good runner yeah I think, solid yeah. very solid runner yeah yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah good okay we're going to hear from uh, anise again because you know she just wants to talk more which is great <laughs> and, and hearing her makes us all happy it does like you can't not <laughs> smile when you hear when you hear these uh these stories but let, let's hear from a uh, third and final clip from uh as you know, Attack is full of beautiful people. We had a very, very nice weekend. I would say highlight, not sports related. So we met with a couple of us and went to the Stansbrouwerij. It's a local brewery in Maastricht and we could just like enjoy a nice beer after a hard ride. Uh, so we enjoyed some beers and some food uh, next to uh, the Meuse, so next to the big canal of Maastricht. Beautiful people, very nice sun, uh, amazing weekend. Yeah, and we spoke about that. It was great to be down the river. Um, we've done that and uh, you can just go to the brewery and get your takeaway beer, so. Very nice. Everyone's I missed out on that one. But, yeah, you um, did that. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a lot. A lot of people had the same sort of um, <laughs> kind of feeling of release of like it almost felt like being back to normal. You know that yeah. even though there were limits on what we could do yeah. and how much we could socialize and stuff, yeah. but just that kind of thing of hanging out with a few like-minded people. Yeah, it was great. Doing it a bit of great. time on the bike together, stopping for a coffee together, yeah. right, going for a beer together. It just sort yeah. of. It, it felt very needed to a lot of people, I think. I think, yeah, it was, yeah, I'm one of them. Like, it, it, I, I got way more out of it than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. um, just to be in a, a change of scenery and be on the bike again and feel strong, you know, everything together. Just It was like being on a proper holiday. Yeah. Um, really, really enjoyed it. I think if I had to, you know, if I had to find something that I was missing, it's this being able to sit down together in the morning and the evening. And, you know, have breakfast together yeah. and talk about the night before or the day before and what's coming up. And I missed that part. But you were able to do it in, in the groups that you were groups. biking with yeah. or, so, yeah. or stuff. So um, it kind of worked out. But yeah, it was, it was really good. Really good. So we're going to hear, finally, we're going to hear from uh, Martin, who we've heard about before. <laughs> before. So uh, he's going to tell us about, um, I think, his experience of the camp. He Is this his first camp as well? Oh, it's a lot of people's first camps, uh, I imagine. But... Um, anyway, let's hear from Martijn. Hi, I'm Nathaniel. I'm here with my experience of our officially unofficial uh, Maastricht camp. I went from uh, Friday to, to Tuesday. Wanted to just enjoy riding again, uh, keep it a bit challenging, but without killing myself. Yeah, over the course of four days, I've done four rides. My, my goal was to, to just keep it at beginner level, keep it easy, keep it nice, but with, with, with a bit of a challenge everywhere. Day one, the, the ride was a three country point. It's about 65K with 800 meters of elevation. We had a group of about eight people, so we split up in two smaller groups. All the way through, we had a coffee stop. It had a couple of really nice climbs. I think everybody enjoyed it, with the occasional uh, have to push my bike up a hill kind of climbs. Day two, I did a, a flat ride, again with the same kind of group size. It was 65, uh, 65k uh, along the Maas River, uh, flat, uh, but, but 
really incredibly cold. Uh, windy, grim, no sun. Didn't rain, so that was good. But I don't think I felt my toes or fingers for, for most of the ride. Uh, also, also something to keep in mind if you go cycling there on a Sunday um, in Limburg and Belgium, uh, people just don't exist on, on, on a Sunday. They don't exist outside of their house. So there's no coffee, no stops, no, uh, no drinks. And yeah, for me, the other two days, I, I just kept it easy. Monday and Tuesday, I both did the Hulpe Loop 45K. Some fun climbs and there's a, a great cake stop in Gilpe, if you're ever in the neighborhood. Uh, they have a tiny, cute square. I go there, there's a nice bakery. Uh, they have really amazing cake. Food-wise, you already warned us a little bit in the previous podcast that was probably going to be hard. So our room was just packed with bread, nuts, fruit and uh, granola and whatever we could uh, fit in our mini bar fridge. Uh, for breakfast uh, and then we just picnicked either on the stairwell or outside uh, behind uh, behind the hotel. I absolutely loved the energy everybody brought. It was amazing to, to ride together again after such a long time. For me it was a great way to restart, see some new faces and uh, yeah, socialize a little bit where possible. For instance just outside next to the river, uh, have a beer uh, next to the water. Matt, uh, a massive thank you for setting this up. It was great seeing everybody else there uh, in Maastricht. So, so hope to see you soon here on a ride somewhere around Amsterdam. Ciao. So many things to talk about there. Um, like, where, where, where shall I begin? One, he had a fridge in his room. No one else did, so he had to <laughs> rub that in. Two, you know, his 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 room being full of granola bars and nuts and things. Mine was full of cakes, candy, <laughs> iron brew, <laughs> warm cake, so, warm candy. <laughs> so good on him. Good on him for being healthy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the cake stop that he talked about, it was so good. He went twice in two days. He forgot oh, really? to make, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to make up for Gold all this. is a really nice little town, I think, is, really uh, nice. is where there's a, the brewery for the, for, right. obviously for the beer. Yeah. And there's a couple of nice uh, sort of uh, proof brewery. Well, there's a nice proof uh, brewery there during better times, yeah. but a lot of like nice little places to eat and drink as well. So, that was uh, really nice. I, I went yeah. to the second day with him and uh, went to the bakery. It was really good, really good. So, um, yeah. yeah. And it seems a, a sort of similar thing, similar sort of just enjoying being out on the bike, being with people. Yeah. I think there's know. a certain sentiment that everyone is saying the same thing. And we yeah. haven't told everyone to say the same thing yeah. here. This just <laughs> happened. I should also apologize more time because when I was editing it, I realized I cut the beginning of your name off. So you came through as time, but it's, uh, it's Martine. So sorry about that. Right, so we've heard from everyone that was at the unofficial, official, unofficial training camp. So now we're going to move on to the part where we look ahead, looking forward, what can we expect from the year uh, or whatever's left, uh, the season ahead. So Matt, take us, take us through. Yeah, so obviously, uh, well, in my sort of new role as uh, the uh, training director um, for the next 12 months, um, this, we've all been sort of talking behind the scenes about what we can and can't do. And obviously hands are tied to a certain extent by, we want to be a little bit more on the conservative side. Let's say we want to follow, you know, regulations yep. and, and, and sort of, um, from a club perspective at least. And obviously members are free to go out and, and organize their own things. But from, from the official, uh, sort of club backed training, let's say, we're going to sort of err on the side of caution. That said, well, uh, tonight, starting tonight, we're recording on a Monday, but we've got the swimming start of that uh, Mercator, the outside pool at the Mercator, sorry. Yeah. Um, so it's a 50 meter pool, um, but we've been told it's warm to about 16 degrees. So uh, I have been told it's not warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have our uh, roving reporter on site telling us is, uh, it's is, not warm. That is where Martin uh, recorded his punishment. Yeah. So um, that's at seven o'clock on Mondays. I think you can sign up in all the usual ways. Um, we are sort of using some of the, some of the funds to uh, subsidize a lot of that. So I think it's only about five euros an evening and, yeah. and maybe it's the great. first, the first definitely tonight, maybe a first session or two might even be free. Yeah, I think they are doing that. And I think it, kudos or, or hats off to those that set that up. I think it's very good. I'm not sure I'm going to go in 16 degrees. 16 is fine. <laughs> it's really fine. But you need, I would say I'd wear a wetsuit. Well, apparently they're up there in Trisus. <laughs> so yeah, great that they got that organized. And uh, as far as the other sessions go, well, one of the things we've been looking at is how we can sort of bring a little bit more uh, structure and a little bit more value for members. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we do pretty well in terms of the sessions that we offer. Obviously, we're a member-led club. We don't have professional coaches yeah. or anything, but um, we're trying to bring a little bit more and add a little bit more of that value to members. And one thing we identified is this, 
especially in summer, there are some nights where there's maybe two or three things to join and other times where there's less. So we want to bring a little bit more, uh, yeah, structure to, to the week. So we're kind of rolling that out. And I know Matt from the, the comms director has also been uh, sort of, uh, yeah, communicating a little bit of that yep. on, on the WhatsApp group and all the, the various email channels. But essentially we've got a kind of new structure going forward. So the idea is that Mondays is uh, is swim. And for now that's the, the, the pool at Mercator. Yep. Tuesdays is going to be a bike. Um, I'm sure the the fast ride will get going again soon. So um, there'll also be, you know, other options there. Wednesdays is the track run, which will be run in, in West and East. Um, Thursdays, again, a bike. And there's going to be beginner rides offered every Thursday, as well as other rides. On Friday, we'll do an open water swim. Um, hopefully West and East, both offered. Saturday, again, sort of the range of bike rides, which are usually on offer. And then Sunday is the day of rest because we're all very religious here in the town. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Much like is... the people in Belgium and Limburg, my For, <laughs> <laughs> For th- what is the membership? 30 euros a yeah. year? I mean, you, you, it's cheap at half the price. But the idea is essentially that we stick to that structure kind of year round now. So what you're going to find is that, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of, um, you can rely on the times and, and sort of the days that we have those events. So obviously we're just going into summer now. So a lot of these activities are going to be outside, but maybe as we go into winter next year, we're looking at doing something with maybe City Alps or some of the spin studios and having an attack session. And obviously that'll move in to take the Tuesday or the Thursday bike slot. And then the other one, we'll probably try and arrange either a trainer road or a Zwift bike indoor session to replace that session. So we keep that kind of consistency going all year round and just sort of change the location to fit really. So um, on the back of that, what we're also doing is is sort of, we want to not really sort of uh, take the role of being coaches, but we've obviously got sessions that are somewhat kind of guided or coached, uh, especially the Monday swim and the, the Wednesday run sessions. So uh, what we're doing now is we're, each week we're going to send out sessions. So the, the swim session will be what we do on the Monday, but we're also going to communicate that to everybody else, whether you're at the session on Monday or not. The Wednesday uh, run session will be pretty much what, what at least one of them, if not both of the run sessions do um, on the Wednesday on the track. And then we're also going to add a bike workout to that. And the idea being that, you know, if you join one of the sessions, you know what's coming. Um, and then there's no reason why, you know, we necessarily have to have sort of, um, a coach there as well. It can be member led and someone will know what the session is, but also, you know, there's a lot of members that can't make it. And it just gives a little bit of inspiration as to sort of maybe what session you've missed. If you don't want to fall behind or also just what you want to do in your own time when you've got, you know, if you're looking for inspiration for a session. So exactly brings a little bit of structure there. Um, and also, you know, for maybe the, the members that do have structure or do have more of a coaching plan, it show, it allows them to sort of build attack sessions into that as well. So they know which ones they can join and, uh, yeah, which ones, you know, which ones they might want to do something else for. Um, and just, yeah, pro- provides a little bit of a framework. If you, you know, if you're just getting started, you've got a swim, bike and run each week, essentially laid out for you and it'll all be pretty easy for everyone to follow and sort of adjustable to your level. And on the running side, um, we also have uh, Valeria, who's going to be sort of uh, joining the team. Um, she's a running coach, um, does a, a running group of her own, but she's going to be uh, adding her expertise to the running sessions on a, on a Wednesday. And uh, she's actually able to do it at both venues, so we might have a flip between the two. And, and she, she'll add a little bit more um, technique and, and sort of a more specific kind of... Uh, a coaching eye to the running rather than it just being sort of a straight out track session. So, um, we're getting pretty professional yeah, here, eh? We're yeah. going to need a pro license soon. <laughs> You'll see us with the training car, the attack training car <laughs> up in the hills in Mastery. <laughs> <laughs> Leading them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice, nice. Well, there's a lot of good things to come then. I mean, there is stuff to look forward to. Let's right? hope so. And I think, yeah. I mean, realistically looking, I'd hope by the time that we're sort of sat down here recording the next podcast that we'll be in a position to start rolling a few of these sessions yeah. out yeah. beyond just the swimming. So yeah. Um, yeah. fingers crossed. Good. Okay. So on that, let's just go straight in with the jingle. And your training plan. 
so I think this one you've covered a lot of it maybe on uh, <laughs> uh, or might, you, you might be able to use the attack led uh, training plans but if, if you're sort of doing your own coaching yeah. just now you've got a season coming up or what we think is going to be the season where should you be now well I thought I'd, I'd differ a little bit this this month with uh, from where where you would standardly be if you were coming into a standard season where you know probably starting looking at racing end of May maybe June yeah for sure so you're well into your build phase by now, but actually I think a lot of people and a lot of the athletes I coach as well, we're, we're kind of revisiting all this because <laughs> we're not going to get racing until at least what third quarter of the year. It's looking that way. So, unless you're in the US, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're fortunate enough to be uh, in the US. Yeah. No, not often we say that. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> more on there. So we're sort of looking at like how, what to do and how to do that and, and how to approach it. And look, if you're, if you're racing maybe July and, and it seems pretty set that it's going to be on, then I think you'll stick to that and you'll be into your build phase now. But for a lot of people, you know, athletes that were in Austria or Roth or, or even just the sort of uh, local races, the sort of uh, try Amsterdam, they, they've all been pushed back quite, quite considerably. Uh, the 70.3 in Horn as well, you know, all, all been delayed quite a lot. So now you don't want to be sort of like uh, boiling or go into the boil too soon. So actually it's sort of a, I, I'd almost say, and I'm having this conversation with some of the athletes now is like, maybe let's move, move to a point of using the next month as a little, little bit of a gap and, and sort of use the improving weather to just get out there and have a bit of fun. So take the structure away a little bit because you can't peak for too long, you know, and, and if you really sort of keep pushing and pushing and trying to peak right now, by the time you get around to September, October, you're just going to be burnt. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be on the other side of that. So we're actually looking at pulling back and maybe keeping the frequency there. Um, if anything, keeping the work on the swim, because most people can bear to work on their swim a little bit more. And it's also where you don't tend to burn out quite so quick, but then maybe rather than doing three or four bike, well, let's talk about the, the sort of the higher level athletes who are doing three or four bike rides a week. We're maybe going to, to two or three, but doing a, a bit more bit more time on the bike, but just going out and having a bit of fun on the bike. More endurance or like, it, you know, it's more of a kind of, it's a sunshining day kind of, kind of ride. And if it is, maybe you want to go three, four hours, go to the beach, you know, ride through the dunes, whatever it might be. If it's not so good, then we'll put a more of a, an endurance kind of session on, on the plan. The same for the run. I'm like, you know, get, get to the woods, get to the forest, maybe find a trail. Do, Finally, do something I for fun. Finally, I can go trail running. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I think, uh, I think it's just something to be aware of at this time of year. If everything's got pushed back, don't keep going full throttle because yeah. you're going to burn yourself out pretty yeah. quickly. So, yeah. So think about sort of taking the foot off the accelerator and, and having a little bit of fun and then adding the structure again, maybe in three, four weeks down the line. Yeah. So a, a bit of a pause and maintaining uh, yeah. a bit of fun. Okay, cool. On that, I think it's the only podcast where we have almost stuck exactly to time. We're on an hour. We're on an hour. And Whoa. you know, there might be a little bit to be cut, so it might come so exactly. It only took us a year, but we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end. We'll talk a little bit about any books or podcasts that we're reading or, or, or listening to. Um, I'm listening to, but I might have mentioned this before. I was struggling to think of something. I've been, you know, deep into DIY stuff in the house again. For the I last told you, day. I'm joining you on that. Yeah, at the moment. So what a rabbit hole that is. Tell me, but I'm still in it. And you know, you need to do something. Then you get like ten ways to do it. So I've been reading, uh, uh, watching a lot of YouTube stuff on that. But I didn't know how many YouTube channels uh, like oh. could be covered by luxury vinyl planking. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they make a lot of money off these channels. Yeah. These these people. There's so, a there's a guy putting down laminate floor and it, it was a it was a good video fair play to him 200 million views that's mental eh? that's mental <laughs> he, he retired 10 years ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he gets someone to do his flooring for him as well <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so but I, I do listen to a podcast that, again not cycling related it's uh, the prof g show with scott galloway I, i've got a few of his books he's a professor in business and he talks a lot about the the pandemic and the effect on business and the economy and you know the latest shares and stuff so it's uh yeah if you're into that sort of thing prof g show scott galloway it's worth a listen he's he's quite controversial he's, he's a professor at nyu but he speaks his mind he's he's against um old school education like he thinks the universities are dead and they should you know wisen up and become more innovative but it's just funny because and he's the first to say it that's what pays uh, part of his, pays salary. his bills yeah 
what you're reading or listening to. So I was going to give a, a sort of shout out for a podcast. Um, I think everyone realizes a, a complete sport nerd, yeah. uh, like pretty much any sport and a, whatsoever. And a, and a sneaker nerd as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But any sports whatsoever, I'll uh, I'll pretty much get involved and I'll enjoy it. And I was, uh, there's a really great uh, podcast. It's a, sort of a short series from the BBC uh, called The Fight of the Century, Ali versus Frazier. And it goes into the... The, the legendary first matchup of, uh, yeah, Muhammad Ali against, uh, uh, against Joe Frazier. Uh, it's narrated by Nas, the, the hip hop artist. And it goes into sort of, um, sort of the ideological differences between the two fighters and sort of their upbringings and their relationship together and sort of what this fight represented to, to, to America and to black America in particular. And, uh, yeah, really fa fascinating sort of, snapshot of the era as much as uh, about the sport itself. So really recommend that one. I was listening. Uh, I mentioned the podcast I listened to on, I, I mentioned that on this show um, a couple of months ago, I think, which was constitutional, all about the constitution mm -hmm. in the US. And I didn't realize how uh, Muhammad Ali had challenged the constitution. It's worth looking into. I don't know if it talks about it in this documentary, yeah. but he had really challenged that in some ways. It was really interesting. Do you know his real name? Cassius Clay? Yeah, I think so. Cassius Clay, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's really um, interesting because I've just, well, I, obviously I'm, I'm I'm not of that era, I don't think, but he was always Muhammad Ali to, to me. Yeah. So um, I didn't realize that because uh, he uh, converted you to the Nation of Islam famously. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize that the Nation of Islam is to Islam what Scientology is to Christianity, essentially. I did. I didn't know it was a completely different thing entirely. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to. They believe that there was a sort of a, a, an alien race watching the Earth here to punish <laughs> people. So it was. It was strange, but he did become um, he's a more a, traditional Muslim, like a conventional later Muslim later on, in life. He's, yeah, he's, he's a very interesting man. Be yeah, way beyond. Uh, yeah. Way beyond his talent at fighting, um, but. Yeah, maybe I'll give that a listen to. Well worth after, it. Well after, worth after it. After my laminate, I think it's a six-parter, eight-eight-parter. So it's right. it's pretty short, but it's um, BBC do some great content. Yeah. I have to say they've they've kind of wisened up to the Stepped digital up, age. Really. And they're they're plowing a lot of money into uh, podcasts and yeah. content. It's really good. Okay, well that's it. So anyone, if they've got feedback, they can give us it on Instagram or WhatsApp. Um, all our episodes are online, and they have to remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you'd like us to do a boxing podcast, <laughs> then match <laughs> your man. Actually, DIY will be next. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your podcast with Neil and Matt. <laughs> okay, we're out. Subscribe, rate, and review Attack the Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. Find show notes and links on attack-club.nl and leave comments, questions, and suggestions on Instagram at attack.club. Happy training and racing.